My dad died 24 years ago this month. And my mum died two years ago next month, July. Winter has not been kind to my family. So 24 years ago when dad died, it was quite hard to take. I was young and he was young. Uh, he died only two years older than I am now. Not that I think about that much. With hindsight, I know that Dad missed so much by leaving so early. Uh, he missed uh, all his family's adult achievements, me and my bro. He missed the birth of four grandchildren he never knew. My uh, Dad's death was one of the first amongst my mates. I was early 30s, right? Um, one of the first amongst my mates. And so they all turned up and Dad's wake turned epic. It was good to have the boys there. One of my friends, though, had a dad who had died even younger. His dad was older than my dad, and so his uh, his dad had died when he was younger than me. He was the first of our mates to have a dad who died. And that mate sidled up to me during dad's epic wake and gave me a word of advice that I have passed on to everyone in a similar situation because it was bang on. He just came up and he said, call me in six weeks and I'll come and help. Now, the point of that was that at the time of a death or a traumatic event, the old adrenaline kicks in. With a death, you know, immediately it's busy. There's a funeral to organize and photos to be found and coffins to be bought and you have to make up an order of service and you have to phone everybody and tell them and the phone itself is ringing off the hook with well wishes and people are popping around and they're bringing frozen meals and she's all go and then there is the actual th funeral itself which is such a rush of everything, of emotion and all... And then there's a slow return to normal habits and patterns. And then the growing realization that a certain someone isn't there anymore. And that certain someone will never be there ever again. And there's nothing you can do about it. And my mate reckoned, and he's right, that around about six to eight weeks after a death or a traumatic event, victims and survivors are at their lowest ebb. But of course, all the supporters who were there when it happened have moved on. That's why he makes sure that he reaches out to those grieving a couple of months later. I've said this advice to lots of other people. It has been three months and one week since the Christchurch Mosque massacre. Today, the Herald has a New York Times article. Survivors are talking of their growing frustration and anger with the government, with everything, with the world. They feel ignored and forgotten. The survivors believe that officials simply do not understand the magnitude of the challenges they face, the trauma they're trying to get over. There's a guy still in hospital, paralyzed from the neck down. There's the inability to financially support themselves, getting over the injuries. Immigration is getting it, for acting slowly as injured people try to get family to come into this country to care for them because they can't care for themselves. Then there's a continuing slow drip feed of public donations to survivors, partly caused by the fact that many have no comprehension of the sheer number of people affected by the events of March 15th. It wasn't just the 51 shot dead and the 100 injured, but, you know, all the wider families, all the businesses, all the financial responsibilities, everything, the entire community. The number seems to be overwhelming victim support. And at the time of the massacre, New Zealand moved quickly. The Prime Minister said, we feel a huge duty of care to them. We have so much we feel the need to say and to do. So she cracked on and she did stuff. Three days later, she announced a ban on military-style weapons. 
This week, the government announced $208 million to buy back the guns. The world sat up and praised our quick and compassionate reaction. But now, in the New York Times, they're reading that the victims are being left alone, ignored, injured, unemployed, depressed and poor. Kate Gilmore is the United Nations Deputy High Commissioner for Human Rights. She came to Christchurch back in April. She's come out and questioned the government's decision to prioritise gun reform and an inquiry into possible intelligence failures before making it clear to the families how they would be cared for. And she is right on the money. 